0: Hey, Breakthrough listeners, it's Jason Lowe and Peter Lount from episode number 107. At Ascendant Financial, mybankersvault.com, we specialize in teaching real estate investors across Canada the process of becoming your own banker, the infinite banking concept. Do you also find it frustrating when it's difficult to access the financing you need or when the housing market moves against you? And when there's unexpected prolonged vacancy or expensive repairs, are you tired of transferring all that money away from you? We have the solution at MyBankersVault.com. By becoming your own banker, anything that you are already doing financially, including real estate investing, is radically improved. Whether utilizing this process for down payments or for entire real estate purchases, becoming your own banker puts you in a position to control the repayment schedule on your loans while enhancing your overall returns. Whether you are brand new to real estate or a seasoned investor, we believe that ready access to money and financial control should be in your hands not the banks or a loan officer. We have an exclusive and irresistible package for Breakthrough Podcast listeners. If you want the best way to build and deploy capital, easier access to money, better returns and less headaches, head on over to mybankersvault.com. That's mybankersvault.com.
1: Hey guys, Omar Khan here with Data Trading Co. I wanted to tell you about episode 124 of the Breakthrough Podcast. We currently have a special offer for Breakthrough Podcast listeners we're offering a free one-hour live training session where we show how to instantly add stock options as a new income stream now i've used this myself personally over the years to create a sizable real estate portfolio for myself and there's no reason you can't as well cool thing is it only takes about 30 minutes a day so if you have a job or if you have a business or you're just spending a lot of time with your family you're gonna have time to incorporate this in your life if you take the time to learn this okay now We're also offering a 15-minute free consultation to discuss how our option strategy can work with your current investment strategy and really take your investment to the next level, okay? So for more information, check out 30minutestocktrader.com forward slash breakthrough to join us on our free live training, our next webinar. Remember again, episode 124, where Sandy and I go over exactly how I use this strategy to acquire a large real estate portfolio for myself. And there's no reason why you can't as well. See you there, guys. Talk soon.
2: If you're looking for the skills and tools to succeed in real estate investing, you've come to the right place. This show is about breaking through barriers, breaking through limiting beliefs, and breaking through to the life that you wanna live through the power of real estate investing. This is the Breakthrough Real Estate Investing Podcast. And now, here are your hosts,
3: Rob Brake and Sandy McKay.
4: Welcome back, everybody. I guess we're here again. We're having some live show difficulties, but for those of you listening through the audio streams, you'll not even know the difference. Anyway, um, welcome back, everybody. Good to have you all here again. Um, as usual, we got Sandy with us. How's it going, Sandy?
3: Hey, I'm awesome. Um, excited to be here again and create some more great contents and to hear more about your journey. Maybe we'll get into that before we get into the show.
4: Ah, uh, yeah, we're we're here now. We just got settled in. We've been here for uh, almost a week, and um, so yesterday I actually just posted the walkthrough video of the property that we bought to flip. So, if anyone's interested in seeing that, it's on YouTube now. Just just YouTube my name, and you can see what we got going on. Um, so, we're pretty excited. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's a, it's a good adventure so far.
3: Costa Rica. I've had I've had a few, I've seen a few people uh, asking questions about it, and, and they want to they want to learn more about what you're doing. So I think it'll be cool to maybe talk about that a little bit as you go.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to be working as a realtor here too for anyone looking for investment properties. Let's do it. <laughs>
3: even, even better.
4: Okay, so as usual, you can go to our website, BreakthroughREIPodcast.ca. There, you can listen to all the past episodes. You can get in touch with everyone that we've had on the show and, um, and you can get our free gift.
3: Yeah, the ultimate strategy for building wealth in real estate. And uh, if you sign up there, you'll, you'll get that, which is a document on how, the strategy we've used for many years to build wealth in real estate. And uh, you also get on our list so you never miss out on a show. Um, I know a lot of people rely on that. They, they mention you know, they get triggered with an email every time and it just reminds them to go listen and check it, check out what's going on with us. So uh, do that. You'll hear about anything else we have coming as well as far as maybe live events, um, street tours, property tours, all that sort of fun stuff.
4: Yeah. What yeah. else? What else? They should go over to, uh, to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. So if you haven't done that yet, it obviously helps us out a lot. It lets more people know about the show. So please go over and let us know what you think. Sandy, what's Absolutely. Up you? what do you got going on?
3: i uh, i'm i'm one thing we're working on which will be exciting maybe in the next uh maybe by next episode we'll be able to share a bit about it um just working on a it'll be our our largest deal in terms of residential units It's uh forty five units so oh, wow. we're hoping to hoping to acquire that one and it won't be well we're just finalizing the deal there um so I think it'll come together here in the next few days and then uh that'll be exciting to share we can talk about what we're doing there um you know, we're basically using the same model we typically use just uh, just at a bit of a bigger scale there um, from what we've done in the past. But yeah, it's going to be an exciting one um, to go through that. Uh, it's a renovation project and, um, you know, we're going to remove some tenants, upgrade some units, um, do the typical Burr strategy that we love to do on, on, uh, on everything.
4: Yeah, that sounds cool, man. 45 units. Good job. Um, and, uh, you know, you guys always, you guys always do a really, really, Kick-ass job at uh, renovations. So, I'd like to see some before and afters of it. I think it'll that'll be pretty sweet.
3: Well, it'll be a well. No, we'll have before and afters along the way, of course. It'll be a two-year, you know, two-year thing. Oh yeah. Give or take. Yeah. yeah. Maybe three years. But yeah, no, it'll be cool. We'll share more about it as we
4: go. Right on. Okay. Well, I I I guess that's it for now. I, I think we've worked through our glitches and we're ready to get on with some real uh helpful information for everybody
3: sounds great so i, guess I just well,
4: so One with that being said i'd like to welcome our guests josh stevenson and brent peterson they are with uh they are with a company called North. so welcome Investnor, guys. Yeah. thanks for coming in thank
3: you thanks for having us yeah thanks so much i'll uh i'll share a bit about you guys before for the audience and then uh, if there's anything to add in feel free but uh josh and brent are, are both full-time real estate investors both from the hometown of uh, really Ontario, just heading up north uh, towards cottage country, or maybe the start of cottage country, I guess, for a lot of people. And uh, these lifelong friends worked together as English teachers in Czech Republic, Taiwan, and they've traveled extensively throughout Central America, Southeast Asia, Australia, New Zealand, so been all over the place. And uh, Brent bought his first investment property in Lethbridge, Alberta in 2011, while working in the oil, oil industry. And... Josh house hacked in the oil industry as a roughneck, I should say. I missed that section there. Um, Josh uh, house his first duplex in Barrie, Ontario in 2008 while working as a grade eight teacher. And by 2019, both Josh and Brennan settled back in their hometown of Aurelia and made the decision to uh, start buying investment properties together and formed the corporation, like we said, Invest North. And Invest North currently holds uh, over 82 doors, valued at over $13 million. Uh, properties um, all over the, kind of in this same kind of headed towards Northern Ontario region there, Aurelia, Sunridge, North Bay, and Cobalt. And uh, Josh and Brent manage all their units themselves and have built a portfolio using exactly zero joint venture partners. So that's pretty cool, exciting. Um, you know, it's awesome to hear kind of uh, everyday people kind of going from a uh, bit of a rags to riches sort of a thing and then really coming out with uh, a great portfolio by the sounds of it. So excited to learn more about it, guys.
2: Yes. Um, yeah, for sure. We're so, we're so excited about um, this portfolio we've developed in a, a very short period of time. We're actually the, the corporation is less than two years old, I think. Yeah, it happened really fast, actually, when we when we got going, for sure. Yeah. So I think it just shows you the power of uh, joining forces. And, um, you know, uh, two heads are better than one. We, we problem solve together. We deal hunt together. Um, we really talk about how we're going to deal with tenants, um, in a kind of, uh, we, we both are married to women named Jessica. So make it easy. Right, that right? That's right. So the, the Jessica's weigh in on uh, a lot of, a, a lot of this stuff too. And, uh, when you have four people in a room, um, I just, I just find like the decisions that come out of that room are a hell of a lot better than you know me making decisions on my own. So I, I really value these guys. I agree with that and uh, we're, we're moving forward uh, quickly,
4: yeah. Well, it's interesting, you guys have been to a lot of different places. Now, did you go to all these places together, or were you just uh, like separately, these are different places that you've been?
2: Uh, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about that. Um, interestingly enough, uh, the, two, the two big events that, that happened in my life that led me to um, what I'm doing now was one was a motorcycle accident, and one was a bankruptcy. So uh, when I was 15 years old, Um, I was driving my dirt bike on the highway as you do (laughs) and I was hit by a a truck and I I was put in the hospital and I was almost paralyzed and I had to go to court of course because I was driving without a license without insurance and this and that and uh, this is just before no-fault insurance was on the scene and I was sued for $10,000 and because I was 15 my father had to pay that and he said Josh when you're done university you're going to pay me back and I said I'll you know, whatever. That's a million years away. So when I finished university, he did remember that. (laughs) So uh, I thought, well, how am I going to get 10 grand? I just just got a a degree in environmental science. I don't really have any job prospects. So I answered that in the newspaper. This is before the internet. And I went over to Korea and I, I started teaching English and I liked it so much. I taught English in Korea. And then I, um, was teaching English in the Czech Republic a little bit later. And Brent happened to be dating my sister. And uh, they dated for about 10 years. So he, was, he almost became my brother-in-law. And he came over to the Czech Republic and he joined us. And uh, we worked in a school in the Czech Republic. And then when that was finished, we uh, worked in a school in Taiwan. And then we had this huge earthquake actually in 1999. Yeah. Um, it was a big 7.6. 7. 7. Yeah. in our hometown of Taichung was hit really bad. We had to live in an earthquake refugee center for 10 days before we actually left the country. Yeah, that was it for that. Yeah. I didn't want to experience any more of that. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, so then we, we, we returned to Canada and I opened an English language school. And uh, Brent and I worked together again in Toronto in this English language school. And we actually got shut, shut, shut down by SARS. You remember SARS back in the day? It's not too yeah, dis- yeah to, to what's going on now. And after uh, you know running that English language uh, school on Queen Street in Toronto for three years, I, I actually went bankrupt. And Brent took off. I think he went to Australia, and New Zealand. Yeah, I, I kept traveling. Yeah, I went to. I took off for about two and a half years
5: after that. And uh, basically, I couldn't. Uh, I wasn't ready to be a grown up. I couldn't make up my mind. I didn't know what to do. So I thought the best thing to do was to go
2: and travel. But eventually, right, I had to come back, and that's you know introduced mm. the oil patch. So after after going bankrupt, uh, I decided to become a real teacher because I've been teaching so long anyway. And I was uh, one one day. I was uh, you know just made up my mind to to you know get a real job and become a an, an a real teacher like a grade eight teacher. <laughs> yeah and um uh i was waiting for my first job to uh to start up and i was teaching actually people that were injured on the job site um it, i was working at a place called career essentials uh just waiting for my my real teaching gig to happen and i was so bored at work because these guys um they didn't want to do a whole lot of work every day so i was roaming through the library because i always i would always um you know, look for books to read while I was helping these guys and get it get around to learning their their stuff. And I found the book on investing. And uh, it was just basically me loving reading and libraries. And I found this book on investing. And I thought, Oh, my goodness, this is the key. This is the key to success. And after reading this book, I decided to buy a duplex in Barry. And I learned about house hacking, I learned about Burr strategies I've learned about all kinds of different things and that kind of just opened my eyes to that world.
4: Right on and uh, what was the book?
2: That particular book it was uh, it, it, it was a book called Building Wealth One House at a Time. I'll have to check the author but it, it was it was a, I think the, the name of the book or the author is not really that important because I've read so many books since then it's just about taking that first step. I think some of the most crucial books is, is of course, the uh, the Holy Bible of uh, property investing, rich dad, poor dad. Yes, yeah, that was a huge one. Yeah, that that definitely. The Richest Man in Babylon is a great book. Um, Napoleon. Yeah. Thinking Grow Rich yeah. by Napoleon Hill. I think, like, I'm sure you guys are the same. Just being a lifelong learner and always evolving as a person. Um, you know, that's the most important thing. Like, I think you go to university and you don't learn a, a whole lot because you're sometimes busy, uh, you know, partying or chasing girls or whatever. But if you learn to be a lifelong learner, um, that's the key. Well, yeah, yeah, I agree.
3: Yeah, I agree. That goes beyond real estate, right? That's that's just so many levels um, in, in life. And. um yeah, how, how, so how did your careers, you know, you had a, some interesting career paths there too. How did that, you know, what you learned along the way with that, with um, Josh teaching uh, Brent's, you know, oil rigs, contract, contracting, that sort of stuff. How did that help you prepare for what you're doing now and uh, and running, you know, this portfolio and managing it, managing invest, being investors, managing tenants, all that stuff?
5: I, I think that, uh, well, for us anyway, I mean, being a, being a real estate investor isn't for the faint of heart, right? Like, you know, the first three properties I think we had, that was probably the the toughest uh, time for us. I really felt it was anyway with, um, you know, buying, like I, we didn't have a lot of money to get into it and we didn't have, you know, we didn't have access to, a you know, A real estate really and um, A class tenants. So we, we started in the, I don't know, C, I think it's fair to say C. And, uh, yeah, that, that was really, really difficult. and and you just can't quit. And that's what I learned from working on the rigs. Like I, I can trash working on the rigs for sure because it's not a glorious job by any means. I mean, I've never been yelled. I was thirty one when I started working on the rigs, and I hadn't been yelled at like that since I was eight. <laughs> like, it was it was really bad. But anyway, that that like there was there was a purpose for being there, right? Like that money, Saving as much as I could and working through that was the mindset that I would have to continue to have as I got in, you know, we got into real estate. for sure. Right.
2: Yeah. And I think on my end, I'll just speak a little bit about being a, a grade teacher. I don't know if you've met a teenager recently, but they're not the easiest people in the world to deal with. <laughs> but I, I absolutely love my teaching job. Um, but if you're going to be a, t- a teenager and I work with 13 and 14 year olds for almost 14 years. And they're at a very kind of uh, pivotal point in their life. The hormones are raging and, uh, you know, someday you're their hero and the next day um, you're the zero. So, you know, and, and I'm sure you guys have dealt with a lot of attendance over the years. You have to be super patient. You have to realize that everybody is going through something every day, Um True. So, you know, teaching really taught me about patience and determination. You know, I never gave up on a student and we don't give up on tenants until they give us every reason to. So, yeah, it's all it's all about um, forming relationships, too. Like um, I got the best results as a teacher because I would tell them a bit about my life. You know, I tell them about, you know, uh, traveling through the Middle East and, uh going into Afghanistan pre-9-11, and I got to, to meet the Taliban at one point. And the, if you open up to kids about your life, they, they think you're pretty cool. Yeah, and open up that. if you coach them in sports, you have a relationship on a, a different level as well, which is important. And then with tenants, too, if you show them that you're a human being, you're not a big you know, faceless organization, um, they're willing to work with you a, a bit more. Um, I think that Matt McKeever said the other day um, be friendly, but don't be their friend. You,
5: know? yeah, so that's...
2: you, you don't want to let them in right into the, no, 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 the, no, no, your don't. life. But you have to treat them as human beings uh, with decency. With respect, right? Like, yeah. yeah. So that, that kind of translated from teaching into being a landlord for
4: me. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I think it's just con- like really, unfortunately, a lot of people don't actually have that common sense because I, that's just common sense, you know, for the most part, but, um, I, I I do know people who, who only think of their tenants as, you know, an income source. And, and I agree with you. I mean, things get along so much better and you, you're absolutely right. I mean, as far as the, as far as the teenagers go and the, and the ups and downs and stuff like that, like, I don't have teenagers yet. My, my boys are still, uh, my boys aren't there yet, but, with the with uh, regards to the tenants it is like that i've had i've had uh, i don't even know what'll happen like one day giving one of my tenants a ride somewhere and the next day i'm the worst person that's ever lived because yeah. i didn't i didn't know about this problem that they had until they actually told me about it you know so
5: mm-hmm. yeah <clears throat> for sure so yeah
4: so um so you guys came back and now you're primarily in sort of like um in the Aurelia area how did you guys decide on that market
2: well i i moved back home this is both our our hometown we went to high school here and that's where mm-hmm. we first met each other we both left for over 20 years but uh, after living in toronto and abroad for many many years uh, i did return t- to this hometown of Aurelia. and when i got here uh it was ripe for the picking like uh my our first few deals like we were getting triplex is for 200,000 I got a duplex for another 200,000 I bought a fourplex which is basically one of our best earners now for 200,000 and this is uh this is maybe eight years ago this is two yeah
5: 2015 so yeah there's a duplex in there for 140,000 157 500 yeah like it, it was and my I, you know we were here like we were we were we were together and we were like this is this is where we'll start doing business. I have my family here. He yeah, had his
2: family here. It just seemed like a smart place to start. Yeah, and we'd read those books. Uh, this is before, like I started doing this before, you know, uh, there were YouTube personalities doing it and stuff. My dad taught me how to renovate all this stuff, uh, so I did it myself. And now there's a YouTube video for everything, so thank, yeah. thank goodness for that. But we just we looked around we said, hey, This market is amazing. Let's start picking stuff up. We were finding stuff that was cash flowing a thousand bucks a building for sure. And uh, we just ran with it and we bought up as much as we could. And we used the conventional banks until they told us to take a hike. And uh, then uh, we all know what happened. The market kind of exploded and we saw the value of our properties double and then almost triple. And so what we did at that point was we looked to markets north of us that were actually better for producing cash-flowing situations. And then, Brent, how do we get into North Bay?
5: Well, North Bay, yeah. So MLS basically, instead of just allowing it to focus on whatever town you're in, I (laughs) (laughs) quietly. (laughs) You you just blew it up, right? So you could see what was around you. And we knew that to the east and to the west, uh, things were, you know, getting more and more pricey, similar to Aurelia. And the south was definitely not happening. So we thought about Pembroke, Ontario. And then Josh was like, you know what? It's closer to North Bay. So we refinanced some buildings. Like refinancing one building in Aurelia bought three buildings up there.
4: Yeah, amazing.
5: Yeah, that's what we did, right? <clears throat> like immediately. We got
2: Sunridge, uh, fourplex in North Bay, we got a triplex in North Bay. 14 units in Sunridge. We have uh, Sunridge. Yeah, a little retirement community up there. Um, everybody's 55 plus, so it's wonderful. They don't give us too many problems. No, they don't. Yeah, so I, it was basically, and interestingly enough, a North Bay kind of took off, and we've seen like a 45% increase in the price of buildings there. And from there, we went to Cobalt Ontario because we heard that um, there was a mine reopening and they're gonna be actually recycling cobalt batteries, taking cobalt from all over the world and recycling them for electric uh, vehicles. Well, yeah, battery, they're gonna be, it's a refinery.
5: There's a a newsletter that comes out from Northern Ontario business. So I think the idea is that they take non-refined cobalt possibly from the Congo, and then they refine it into battery-grade cobalt sulfate for uh, like green vehicles and whatnot. So this is exciting, right? This is set to be in motion by October 2022.
4: Right. Oh, wow. That's yeah. good. And so so when did you guys move into cobalt?
5: Oh, just we, we've been there a year. Yeah, it was first property in uh, close July of
2: 2020. So yeah, just, just to break it down, we've we've got uh, 28 units in Aurelia. We've got 30 units in North Bay, and uh, in Cobalt, we're up to 10 units now. And uh, we got another deal kind of coming through soon. Yeah, there's a possibility. But we're you know Cobalt is kind of what North Bay was, you know, a year ago. Like things exactly. things are dirt cheap. We just bought a duplex in cash for seventy thousand dollars, and uh, yeah. we had we had a guy. Uh, basically fix it up it was it was kind of a single family that needed to be re-duplexed it was a duplex at one point then turned into a single family and then this guy uh that we hired did the whole thing for 10 grand you can find people up there that work for very reasonable prices sure and now that thing brings in uh you know 2200 a month and we get to keep 1200 of it
3: this is cobalt so i mean boom The northern Ontario markets are very, very interesting right now, right? Because, because especially people working more remote and and the opportunities up there, um, you know, with with yeah, I'm, I'm hearing you kind of just went a little north, a little north, a little north, a little north. You know, a little yeah. bit ahead of the mark. You're, you seem to be yeah, ahead of the, wave. of the wave. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're timing it. It seems very good. What's next after Cobalt? Timmins, maybe?
5: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh,
3: We've already talked about
5: that, and we'll. <laughs> we're gonna
2: we're gonna shut her down after Cobalt. It's funny you say that, Sandy. But we we we've been pretty strategic about this because everything that we owned is in a, a straight line on Highway 11 up to North Bay, and yeah, then an, another hour and a half due north is Cobalt. So we're basically in a straight line from Aurelia to Cobalt. Yeah, with one
5: little turn on Highway 17
2: east so to Rutherglen. But that's as far off the track as so we got. So we planned it that way because we do handle all of our own property maintenance. So um, every two weeks we do a water test, and Brent got his, his uh, water technician license. So we have to yeah. um, take a water sample from a sevenplex just out of town here. It used to be an old public school, it used to be the old uh, Utah Public School that was turned into a sevenplex. So we grab a water sample there. We go to our uh, Sundridge retirement community. We grab another water sample, and we take it to a lab in North Bay. And then we check on all our properties, and we do that every two weeks. So um, we were very strategic about not buying in, you know, Sault Ste. Marie or… We thought about it. Uh, Timbuktu. So we, we kept it all in a straight line so we can manage it ourselves. But I think we're at the point now where we might go off the beaten path a bit. We haven't decided that uh, yet.
4: Yeah, it sounds like there's there's definitely still opportunities in the market you're in. And I, I think uh, something important to point out is, especially in Toronto, people are getting into this thing where they're they're buying for the appreciation. And I. I I always been one for what you guys are doing, right? Like you buy for the cash flow. Appreciation was just sort of icing on the cake. It happened to to take place a couple of years after in Aurelia. And I remember that same time too where um, you know, I was just sort of breaking into like the Peterborough market and uh and everything was sort of stagnant as Aurelia had been for years as well. And so people are kind of going, Oh, I don't really want to invest in, in these markets because they're not appreciating. And, and, you know, you can look at it that way if you want to, or you can look at it that, Hey, I can buy something for a very reasonable price and actually make good cash flow off of it.
5: A hundred, hundred percent. Like that's uh, yeah, that, that has been, that has been our formula since we started. And I believe a hundred percent that things are working so well for us because we haven't strayed from this plan. Like, since we, you know, like it's been different, like going, for example, going up to North Bay, right? Like you could go up to North Bay, look at a property, think about it, come back, <laughs> think about it more, you know, and then and then make your decision. You, you can't do that anymore. It, it's, that, it's over, right? So some real estate agents that we know of, they might contact us and they'll be like, oh, yeah, no, no, I got this property for you. You guys are going to love it. And then they'll talk about a thirty-year projection, and that's where we're going to make our money. And we're like, no, that's no, we need this to make money tomorrow.
2: Yeah, we have very strict criterion points. Like, it's got a cash flow out of the gate. We're not into like these thirty-year plans yeah. or yeah. one day over the rainbow. You're going to cash flow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
4: Sure. No, I think Sandy and I both agree with that. I mean, it's got a. I mean, maybe not on on the. In certain circumstances, I think when you're working on bigger projects, and that you know, you've got other things to consider. But sure. when you're buying definitely smaller stuff, always has to cash flow right from day one.
3: Yeah, we sure. Agree. Yeah, well, yeah. it's very difficult to build a portfolio of 80, 80 plus units, right? With without you can't do that on negative, you know, half of them are negative cash flow, which I've seen some people, you know, they buy if you buy one or two and you're, that's, that's where you're good with, yeah, you can, mm-hmm. probably, you can probably handle a few hundred bucks negative every month, right? But, but 83 units, that's going to be a tough go. Yes, <laughs> thank you. For, know,
2: yeah. Yet, for yeah.
3: sure. Yeah, for sure.
2: How, did you, so how did you acquire
3: all those units? without? So we mentioned no JV partners, which a lot of people, a lot of our listeners I know, really are attracted to the joint venture partner model, um, bringing on money partners. You know, it, it is a great strategy when you don't have money. Um, you know, you were able to build this out without any partners at all, um, aside, from you, aside from you two. So what was the, uh, was that the plan all along or how did that evolve? Well, I'll,
2: I'll tell you a little bit about that. Um, you know, interestingly enough, we did try and get JV partners at the beginning. Like, yeah. And if you go to our uh, YouTube channel, um, Adventures in Land Learning, we actually had a channel to begin with just called Invest North. And it was kind of a pitch, like, look what we're doing. Look at the cash flow we're getting. Um, you probably want to, you know, if, you, if you're interested, give us a call. Um, and we, we didn't really get much action, you know? Zero. And, and uh, so then what we started doing was just, like, looking at as our, por- our portfolio as a, a global portfolio. Where's the equity in these buildings? And then we started, uh, you know, tapping the buildings and using the equity to buy the stuff uh, up north. But – it, everything kind of broke wide open when we found the no money down deals. So once you have a substantial enough portfolio, you, you have equity in a number of buildings, uh, a lender. And we deal with credit unions uh, nowadays because um, they have a little more lax kind of rules. Uh, you sure. know, like the big five or the big six banks, they have very, as you guys know, very strict rules of what, what they will lend you and what they won't and why. Credit unions have a little more leeway, so what we started doing, and we've done six six buildings like this, and they all cash flow really well. Is uh, Brent usually is the the deal finder? He will he will float me a deal, say, man, look at this deal, like it, it cash flows really well. We'll have the realtor send some numbers on it, and then I will approach them about a VTB. I'll approach the the seller and say, well, the seller's agent. I'll say. Well, listen, if the lender uh, lends us 20% for the down payment, um, you know, will will he float us a deal? Mm -hmm. So the credit union gives us 80%. The seller gives us a second mortgage or a vendor take back mortgage of 20%. And we get a building outright um, without paying anything. We we pay the closing costs, but that's just a few grand, which is not a big deal. So we've done six uh, buildings like that. And after about four, um, we started doing blanket mortgages. So basically, you know, the uh, the the credit union will say, well, you guys, you know, you got a lot of buildings now. So basically, we want to target a specific building. If you do not pay back the VTB on this specific building, we're going to take the equity out of this thing you own in Aurelia or out of this thing you own. Uh, in a different location. So basically, you're putting up collateral from another building. But like I said, yeah, it's it's just once you have enough equity and enough buildings, the the doors kind of open up. Sure, yeah. Sure, instead of like selling that
5: building or refinancing it and then then increasing your mortgage and taking away from your cash flow, you just blanket mortgage it. So it's 100% financed. It's just that the 20% is not tacked to the building in question. It's yeah. on
2: something else. And, and I'll tell you one more thing about that. Um, in order to do that, I contacted every credit union in Ontario <laughs> and, and everybody said no, except for one. Yeah. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to reveal the name because I don't want them to be flooded with calls because not everybody can do this. You need a you know substantial portfolio. But after we got the one yes, and that there's a lesson in that, you know, don't give up, keep asking, keep For knocking sure. on doors, keep making phone calls. And uh once they, they said yes, um, it really opened up all the doors and they did it a bunch of times. And then another credit union uh jumped in and said, Hey man, we'll do that too. Yeah, like look at yeah, look at the party going over here. Like we we would like you to also do something like that with us.
5: We so. want to party with you We doing. want to party
2: too. So <laughs> so anyway, so that that works.
4: Yeah. And that's a good, that's another good point is like, yeah, the the answers don't always jump out at you. You've got to look for them, right? Like you have to be on the phone constantly calling and figuring out who, who you can work with. And I love the whole uh, credit union thing, just because they can, they can assess your personal situation. They're not just looking at the rule book saying, Oh, sorry, you don't fit into this mold. So we can't lend to you anymore. Mm
2: yeah and one thing that credit union did say that they, they they paid us a compliment they said well your portfolio is really clean because you don't have you know 27 jv partners kind of muddying the waters so if it's this branch and me um you know it's they can look at it in a very simplistic way they have all this equity it, it doesn't you know four percent doesn't belong to this dude and 16 percent doesn't sure. belong to this dude so because we've kept it clean um, it's kind of open doors as well. And and we've been told that by the credit unions. That makes a lot of
3: sense. That makes a lot of sense. I know the muddying the waters with the JVs does, does create a bit of a mess at times with, with that. And um, I think there's, there's starting to, feels like there's a lot more these days, credit unions or, or more private type investors groups out there that are willing to get a little more creative because then any more creative, uh, any more like creative structures of deals. Um, I mean, that's pretty creative right there. I think that's, that's a, a great strategy for a lot of people to utilize and go for those those no money down quote unquote deals. Um, anything else you guys have done that has been kind of uh, a bit uh, outside the box?
2: Yeah, we, we bought a house. Uh, well, it's actually a fourplex from uh, Facebook. <laughs> so yeah, we so uh, there was a woman and it, it's funny. People will sell houses wherever like Kijiji, the property guys, you know, so uh, Brent's wife, Brent's Jessica, not my Jessica, was uh, perusing Facebook and she's sh- shot me a deal. Hey, look okay. at this woman selling a, a fourplex over in Rutherglen, which is just uh, east of North Bay. So we got in touch with her personally, and we struck up a deal. And we did. She she did have a a realtor that she worked with. He was involved just to to write up the purchase agreement. He wasn't. He I think he got two percent of the deal. Um, that ended up being a no money down deal. She took a, you know, she lent us 20% of the the building's value and that Rutherglen building, uh, from Facebook cash flows us. Uh, I'm just looking at now, 2023 bucks a month. Oh, it's yeah. Uh, Yeah. So another one of those situations where you've gone, like
5: people, people want to look at, let's say a city like North Bay and they want to see like what, what is the city of North Bay offering? You know, uh, schools and business. And when you go out to like a place like Rutherglen or a place like Cobalt, that sort of scares people away. And, and we're not trying by that. Nobody's leaving. You know, we don't feel that they are like, if you go and drive through Cobalt, for sure, it's seen better days, but
2: nobody's leaving. Well, the thing is, like, you know, I, a lot of investors look at, you know, the, the, the market dynamics. Is there a factory in town? What, yes. who's, yeah, who's the employer? Right. And, and we, we, we think that's solid for sure, but also you have to realize like there's a province-wide housing shortage going on right now. And now that COVID is dying down, we're gonna get 400,000 new immigrants to Canada per year. That's the projection, right? A lot of them end up in Ontario. A lot of people are leaving the city because they can work remotely now, and that's kind of been established. I think they might rein it in again, but I think the precedent has been set. So you're seeing these towns being populated uh, with city people, sure. and people are willing to you go off the beaten path to get a, a backyard and you know be able to retire or actually have uh, you know a, a more of a piece of the pie. Sure,
3: sure, yeah. and, and probably for maybe under uh, you know under hundred grand or under two hundred. <laughs> Oh, that yeah, doesn't hurt
2: I, either. That's yeah. okay. You, you so, go to the Arctic Circle
4: for sure. <laughs> you know, you know what the thing is. Like, you can talk to any given investor. I, I, I'd say pretty much any given investor, and say, I they'll they'll say, I did all the research. I looked at economic fundamentals, and it turns out I could invest right where I was living. I you know, that's yeah, yeah. usually the story. Like. Everyone wants to, t- everyone wants to be smart and talk about economic fundamentals and that kind of thing, but you can be in any given market and that, that shouldn't stop you from investing. You can do it where we're, we're, yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't, I, I agree with you guys. I mean, unless there's a staggering amount of like uh, uh, people leaving this particular town for some reason, mm-hmm. but I think, yeah, you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. You know?
2: Yeah, for sure. And I'm, I'm kind of getting sick of the naysayers that say the party's over and, and you, you can't get a cash flowing property anywhere. I, I think those people mm-hmm. are just taking the easy way out, being a little bit lazy. You can find a cash yeah. flowing property. You just have to do it through unconventional means. Like I, I know uh, I've got a nephew who we've coached. Um, he's he's 26. He's got six houses right now and he's he's uh, gone to North Bay because he saw us doing it. And now he's in Elliot Lake, and uh, Elliot Lake is what halfway between Sault Ste. Marie and uh, Sudbury. Yeah. And and he just he looked at a map and he's like, okay, this is the only town of ten thousand between Sault Ste. Marie and Sudbury. Perfect. And he he went up there and made some connections, and now he's on his uh, third house up there. Um. And this this kid's a hustler. Um. He's finding deals, and he's from Newmarket, right? Um. You you just have to. Uh, you know, have the bravery to go to little go off the beaten path. And and it's all about work ethic too, right? Just beating the pavement, call, making calls, you know, getting on the internet, you know.
4: It's Learn not- about it. If you can change the use, that's another good way to do it too. Change the use, make it, you know, make it perform better by adding sure. another unit to it or something like that. Right. There's always ways of, uh, sure. of, you can find cash flowing deals. You just got to look for them. Like you said, you can find the lender. You can find the deal. You just got – they're not going to fall into your lap.
2: Yeah. You I'll, I'll tell you one deal we just did. You talked about changing the use. Um, this was in um, February of this year. We, we saw a five-plex uh, Airbnb motel in North Bay on, on Lakeshore. And it was, you know, it was 100000 a unit. And we're not used to paying that, but we, we thought – it's an Airbnb hotel. It's coming vacant. Right? It, you know, <laughs> we, when you buy it, everybody leaves. So we we just we just saw the dollar signs. So we bought it for five twenty, and you know, all of the Airbnb people left, and we set market rents on every single unit. And now uh, that guy cash flows two thousand one hundred seventy-eight dollars because things in North Bay have changed significantly used to like rent out one bedrooms for 700 bucks we're renting them out for 1200 bucks now so Mm -hmm. that that just shows you and we we saw that opportunity we're like get a a building where every unit is is vacant that's unheard of no
3: so yeah that's one of the the challenges a lot of times right finding value is that you're you're getting a bit of a mess of a tenant situation often Um, So that's a, that's a beautiful thing to find. How do you guys, how do you guys uh, share uh, responsibilities and and how do you, how do you coordinate, you know, uh, delegation of of that? And, um, you know, what does that look like with you guys handling kind of, I assume somewhat 50 50 in in everything. How how does that work? Go
5: on. Uh, Yeah. Well, we kind of like, like, for example, I take care of all the trades people, right? Like I, I know all the people that we need to phone in case, whatever needs to be done. For example, today we had to deal with a septic pump issue. So I'm on a first name basis with that guy. I think it's important that you you know, the guy that operates the honey truck very, very well. So uh, yeah, I take care of all that sort of stuff. And then when it comes to like renovating, Josh and I don't really even talk about it. Like We know what we're good at, we go and do it. Like I'll do the flooring, I'll do the trim, I'll do the finished carpentry, he'll do the paint, you know, he'll do the talking. He'll do the plumbing. I don't touch the plumbing. He'll do that. And we just kind of know what to do and we go and do it. We, It's one of the benefits of working together because we kind of think the same, like we'll never be in a situation where he's like, Oh, I think we should do a granite countertop. Like, <laughs> we we know what we want. We know what works and, uh, and and we've worked together long enough that we, we just know what we're supposed to do.
2: The other thing is uh, both our wives are in on it. So like uh, of, the four of us we all live off the cash flow and it's only cash flow um my wife Jessica she's the tenant liaison so she deals with all the calls from you know all 82 about to be 87 units um so that that's tough she's she's on the phone all the time and you know i overhear the conversations that's yeah. a that's a tough job and i don't think she'll do it forever and uh brent's wife is good with numbers and she's the bookkeeper and the treasurer we we actually meet every two weeks and we take minutes yeah. like this is a serious corporation. We take it seriously. Um, you know, Brent is great at finding deals. Um, I'd like to think that I'm pretty good at swinging, swinging deals, talking to, uh, realtors and it. sellers um, and, <laughs> and trying to work out a creative angle where we don't have to use very much of our money. So everybody plays to their strengths and, uh, we're all really transparent too. Like, you know, if Brent's pissing me off, I'll tell him and he'll tell me. But the thing yeah. is, like, we've been friends for 30 years, too. So we know each other, like, really, really well. And, um, you know, everything's on the table. It's not like, you know, if, if something was bothering me, it's not like I'm going to, you know, keep it under my collar. No, gonna Wait, we're go. gonna, we'll, we'll deal with it. Yeah. That's sort of what you meant,
5: right? Like, oh
3: yeah. Yeah. That's great. It sounds like, you know, one of the best things in there I think was just you meet every two weeks and take minutes and it's a real, it's a business. It so you're not, you're not just, you're not just taking things and hoping it works out. It's you're treating it like it mm-hmm. needs to be, especially yeah. at this, at this level where I only have that many properties and there's, there's obviously issues daily probably that, that, that surface. Sure. Um, You know, you can't just let those things linger just Perfect. as you said, even, even if you have a problem with each other, you can't let that linger. Or it's going to, yeah. It's going to be Absolutely. a lot worse, you know, in two weeks from now than it is today.
4: You know yeah. what, before we blow past this, I think it might be important to dig into what you said a little bit about uh, just uh, finessing the deal, right? Um, when it comes to this VTB portion, the 20%, so let, let's just break that down for people. Like basically, if you're buying a building, you the bank will most of the time finance, uh, I'm surprised to hear uh, 80%, but in, in your case, 80% of the deal. And then you're required to come up with the other 20% of mm-hmm. the uh, uh, as the um, down payment. Mm-hmm. So, so you will talk to the owners of the building and get them to agree to essentially hold that part of the mortgage, and you'll pay a certain amount, uh, just like you would in interest to the bank to them. Yes. Yes. Right. So, but how do you present this to oftentimes people who? barely can grasp the concept and or, or not really uh, into that kind of thing.
2: Well, OK, this this is the way I present it. And I usually uh, give them some pretty rudimentary numbers to back up what I'm saying. Now, there are two huge benefits to a vendor take back mortgage. OK, uh, the first the first benefit is is basically when when somebody lends you the 20% down payment, OK, they're not gonna pay as much capital gains tax when they sell the building, okay? So they're, you know, let, let's say uh, for simplicity's sake, a, a building is uh, $100,000, just to keep it really simple, even though no building really is anymore, except for a few that we buy. <laughs> so that $20,000, let's say the, the person owns it outright, um, they're gonna pay a big capital gains tax on that $100,000, but if they lend you $20,000, they're only paying a capital gains tax on the 80000 and the 20000 will be paid to them um, over a three, four or five year period. Mm-hmm. And the the tax hit is not as substantial out of the gate and they actually end up saving money in the long run. The other huge advantage to a vendor take back mortgage is you get paid twice. You get paid when you sell the building, you get that big lump, lump sum mm-hmm. and then you get monthly payments from us. And we always offer 5%. Interest only. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, we we ask for interest only payments. Sometimes Um, they want to blend them, but. Yeah. But so basically every month they're getting paid again from that same building and they're getting monthly payments. And that's just a lot of the time gravy, that's money they can use to you know, help their kids out or take a vacation or something. So once you show them the actual numbers, and we actually uh, show them how much more money they're going to make over the course of the loan. So if they give us a vendor take back on a $100,000 building again, they're going to make more than $100,000 in the end, because as they get paid back that 20%, over five years they're gonna make a monthly right So, down so down the, down. the building ends up making them, you know, a hundred and ten thousand or hundred and fifteen thousand dollars, depending on the duration of the loan. So it's actually it's a wonderful idea. And the reason it works for us is because we have a big portfolio and people see, first of all, you're gonna close the deal. Secondly, they're good for the money. And uh thirdly, they're such charming guys. How can I say no? Always, <laughs> always, yeah. Yeah. They're um those uh, so
5: some of these VTB deals that we did, uh, they're real. They're real gems, like really awesome, uh, awesomely performing buildings. They don't seem to be any issues. But some of the VTB deals we got was because the owners uh, had really made some bad business choices with who, how they decided to run the building, and who they put in there. So Josh and I, with experience, were like, okay, well, you know, we'll we'll take it off your hands and we'll clean it up. And the VTB would be a good way to to do that. And then most, and some of the time they're like, for sure, we'll do it this way. I just want to get rid of it. It's a, it's a mess.
2: Yeah, like some of these buildings, um, you know, they would be hard to sell other, otherwise, you know, maybe prior to, you know, this market explosion, maybe they, they'd have an easier time of it now. But in the past, you know, we bought something with a rooming house in it. And two of the tenants were not paying their rent. And they continue to not pay yes, their rent. Haven't paid their rent since they took over. But the building still cash flows a bit. We know that when we finally get these guys out through the landlord-tenant board, that thing's going to cash flow 1200 bucks. So it's basically a work in progress. And this, these sellers, they knew they had a big problem on their hands. And you know, this building is turned down by several other people. And we were the ones that said, we'll take it on, we'll clean it up and we'll get it back to the cash building that it should be.
3: How, what are some strategies to manage all, all these units? Like you, you mentioned maybe a couple there, but you're, you're managing all these um, doors yourself. How, how do you do that and still actually find new properties, new opportunities and, and not just get bogged down in the tenant management part? Cause it is a lot. You mentioned one of the Jessica's is a bit better at it maybe, but um, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of challenges there for sure.
2: Well, we, we always have an anchorman, uh, not Ron Burgundy, but an anchorman in every building. So if you have a fourplex, you basically you tell one of the, um, the tenants, you know, usually somebody has been there the longest or that wants to take on some responsibility. Um, that they are the go-to person. And we don't even pay these people. Like we, we give them gift cards. Uh, we buy them gifts. We shower them with praise, but, <laughs> but we just tell them, Hey, you're yeah. the, You're the guy that you're the go-to guy. And when there's a burst pipe or, you know, when, the, when there's a, a major problem with the building, you have to tell us right away. Um, if you can solve a little problem without us, us driving all the way up, that'd be wonderful. But every building needs somebody who's, who's in your corner that's gonna tell you what's going on with the building, can solve minor problems, can cut the lawn, can do a little bit of snow shoveling. Um, so we, we basically have that in every single building. And that is a strategy. We befriend this person. Um, and, and it's not in a, in a superficial way. We genuinely appreciate well, you, what they're doing. Yeah, like you can, you can trust this person. You know you can, and they kind
5: of, uh, they kind of like that. They take to it, right? They, right.
2: And there's not necessarily a monetary reward. We're not, we're not doing huge rent discounts, but we do show our appreciation, and uh, it, it has worked so far. So, I mean, it's, it can be as simple as that, just, you know, a personal relationship.
5: And other, other things too, like Josh and I have learned certain things along the way, like for example, major plumbing issues, we don't do that anymore. <laughs> We've tried. Yeah, we tried all these things. We've we made some massive, massive <laughs> mistakes. And, we're, and so like when I say that, like in, in my phone, I have all the tradespeople right? So this person that we're speaking about that would take, you know, that, that would be like what, the maintenance guy at a particular mm-hmm. property. We like like, we have a situation, it's a bad one, like, okay, then you phone the plumber immediately. If it's not a big deal, then on our two-week journeys up and down, uh, Josh and I will stop and, and fix it.
4: Mm-hmm. Right. That's great. So uh, what about other challenges that you guys have had along the way? Maybe not necessarily as landlords. Um, you guys sound, sound like you've got that down pretty good. But um, other things like, for example, you did talk about the ones that weren't paying, but um, what about other aches and pains along the way?
2: Well, I, you know, if you've, if you've been a landlord for a long time, um, you're going to have some major problems. <laughs> and I think 95% of it is, is not giving up. We always say, you know, never give up. You can never give up. And uh, when I was a teacher, it was a real big strain on my personal life because, you know, I coach a lot of sports as well. So I would teach... You know, teenagers all day, which was super taxing. Then I would coach, you know, a basketball game. A mess, yeah, I was a mess for many years. <laughs> um, and uh, then I'd come home and I'd have to go take care of a, a, a leaky toilet, or I'd have to take care of or this or that. So it was putting a real strain on my um, my personal life. My kids told me I was cranky. Um, I finally got to retire from teaching on November twenty seventh, twenty twenty. Always remember that day. And it's not because I didn't like teaching. It was just because, you know, we had so many units at that point. I just could not do both. And uh, I remember one time in geography class, I get a call, you know, from my wife. And I I knew it was important because she would never call me. And I took this personal call. And uh, basically, one of our tenants had threatened to blow up a building with a grenade downtown. Like, the, the police had had taken uh, the police tape and cordoned off like three blocks of downtown because the, the tenant hated the guy above him and he was playing heavy metal music all the time. You know, he brought a grenade up to the guy that lived above him and said, I'm going to blow you up." So he's, he ended up calling the, the police and, uh, uh, as you do. Yeah. Right? So as it turned out, the tenant below had gone to an army surplus store and bought a decommissioned grenade which they act, apparently sell which is ridiculous and threatened to blow up the uh, the building so i'm in 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 uh, you know class trying to maintain kind of my composure where where i didn't know it was a decommissioned grenade i thought <laughs> oh my god what am my apartment is going to blow up i've had an, a swat team at another one of my places they were they were uh, cooking drugs in there um, I've had uh, people take over one of my apartments. I was in Australia with my family and, and uh, a bunch of gang members uh, took over one of my apartments.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So,
2: so, I mean, all this stuff is super stressful. And if you add a full-time nine-to-five career and coaching and I have two children, it was just too much. So since I simplified my life uh, on November 27, 2020, <laughs> I've been so chill. Like I've been, everybody's complimenting me, man. You're not yeah. so <laughs> yeah, you, really, you really
5: are. You really have yeah. changed
2: So I think you got to, at one point, you got to pick one or the other. And giving up your day job uh, is is a, a very kind of difficult decision. But I think once you do it and you go full into this, um, it, it really, really. Uh, the problems aren't that
5: big anymore. Right? Like this is what I yeah, because what I do it's is, the sole focus yeah.
2: Right? And I remember when you were a contractor, you were miserable too. Oh man, <laughs> when that when that tenant's ceiling fell in because the remember the oh yeah, so, so much water,
5: water damage it. yeah, yeah. this constant leak got into all the insulation
2: and then it just like <laughs> your whole oh. ceiling collapsed. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. Dealing with a nine to five job and on all these other concerns, it's just it's just a bit too much. So it it, it, if you can grow it to the point, it can be become your your main gig. Your side hustle becomes your main hustle. That's the right. sweet spot. Right?
3: That's a bull- well,
4: congratulations yeah. on that. Thank that's uh, that's awesome. I, and I'm glad to hear. It. But that's this is amazing. This is a great story. Both of you guys working full time on this. Yes. So tell us just a little bit. I think you're still doing the adventures in landlording, right?
2: Oh, yeah. So we, we do have a YouTube channel called Adventures in Landlording, and we we did that because they're supposed to be uh, kind of funny, informative, educational videos. Um, you know, like we just bring we'll bring a, a, you know our phones out at a job site and we want to show people that, you know, basically being a landlord and getting into property investing is an adventure like every day. And you, you guys know this because it's a, this career takes you so many sure. different ways. And often, we, you know, we'll be at a, you know, back when we had dinner parties or party parties, mm-hmm. um, people just want to know what's it like, you know, to deal with these tenants and and to deal with home invasions and to to deal with this and that. So every day is an adventure. And I used to, you know, I did a, we did, we both did a bit of this on our own. But once we started doing it together, it was kind of fun. It's like, did you hear what that guy said? Yeah, 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 or, or did yeah. you see what Look at this? Did you see what's going on in that room? And uh, when you're doing it with your best friend, it it it, it becomes an adventure and the, the mood is lighter, you're renovating it's, together, you're it's, you know? it's way
5: like if you were doing some of the things that we've seen together and uh, dealt with, you know, in, in a very humorous manner would have made me cry by myself
4: right you yeah. know like, yeah. nobody,
5: nobody there to talk you down like, and <laughs> seriously it's stuff it's stuff like that when you're by yourself that really makes you think ne- negatively about the choice that you made right am I, am I crazy am i nuts like why am i doing this but when he and i started doing it together it was just so much it was so much easier we laughed yeah. about it fix it and yeah. uh it was just another story
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. someone there to say hey here's the numbers that's why we did it
2: right? yeah. We, yeah. We, dude we talk about that a lot it.
4: yeah. That. Yeah. yeah
2: yeah this thing cash flows two grand yeah fix it
4: yeah <laughs> yeah yeah for sure well that's awesome so it's just adventures in land learning on youtube that's what they'd look up
2: Yeah, uh, we're also uh, InvestNorth on Instagram, InvestNorth.ca rather. Mm -hmm. Um, We post a lot of uh, real estate information, a lot of market information from where we're from, Aurelia, North Bay, Cobalt. We kind of keep people up to date with some of the projects we're doing. But like, I'll tell you something, I'll tell you why we do this. And it, you know... I'm I'm not trying to monetize YouTube or anything because we barely get, we don't get that many hits. But if you can change one life or two lives, like I remember, uh, you know, when I was just a school teacher, we were, we just had my salary. um, And, and Jessica and I were raising the kids. Uh, It wasn't, it wasn't a whole lot of money, but because we had a few income properties, we were able to take our kids uh, to the West coast, to the East coast, to Florida, uh, to New York city. We were able to buy a boat. We were able to um, do all these things that you could never do just on a, a, a normal teacher's salary. So, I mean, if we can just get a few more people to um, buy an income property or two, like, a lot. let's be let's be honest. Not everybody's going to retire and become a full-time property investor. Uh, an extra building or two can change your life. Change your life. Like- it can totally change your life. So, if, if, if people can watch our videos and say, oh, my God, it's tough, but these guys are having a good Good fun doing it. Um, maybe that'll open doors for someone and it can be a life-changing experience. so that was kind of the the goal of adventures and land like just show people it's not rocket science. you can do it too. Uh, don't take it so seriously yeah don't don't, 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 don't cry don't, into your milk you don't, know This don't. my that. my wife Jessica
5: too she retired in the summertime before he did so everybody's life here on the four of us has all been changed in a in a very very positive way, despite all the little bumps in the road that may, may occur.
3: Well, yeah. it'll go beyond. It'll be go beyond that with your kids and, and so on, right? That they can affect generations. I, yeah, I like uh, generational
2: wealth was one of the reasons I got into this. And you know, life is so uncertain these days. I feel bad for these kids that are trying to. Sorry, not kids, but younger people trying to buy a house these days. It's so tough. People are gonna. A lot of people are gonna need help from their parents. So, you know, the fact that I can pass down these houses to my children, that makes me sleep at night, you know, and and it's uh, a wonderful thing. Good legacy.
3: Yeah, incomes and, uh, and and incomes are not appreciating at the same uh, are mm-hmm. going up at the same rate as, as how incomes did not go up 45 percent in the last year or so, which I, I think I North Bay is somewhere in that range. Um, is, yeah. oh, right yeah. of, <laughs> incomes I don't know, Sandy, that
4: you, you better fact check that just to make sure.
3: I saw, I saw it on one of their I saw it on one of their posts somewhere, Instagram posts. So I know it's if as long as it's it's true I I believe you guys. 45%, buddy. 45%. Yeah, April,
2: April 20 to April 21, 45.7%. Oh, I remember
4: um, I remember getting a 25 cent raise at my at my old J O B. Pretty close to 45%. Okay, so let, lastly, guys, I wanted to ask you if there is a piece of info or advice that's always stuck with you and how it's helped you along the way.
2: Okay, I'll go first, and then maybe you can yeah. go. Um, so, so basically, the whole concept of adventures and landlording is is to kind of show people the lighter side of this. But um, Alan Watts is a uh, he was uh, an English uh, writer and kind of a philosopher and, and Zen master. Zen master. So what he says, he, he said it's not about the destination where, where you're trying to get. It's not about I'll be happy when I get 100 doors or I'll be happy when I retire. I'll be happy when my marriage starts to work. It's about the journey. So Brent and I both uh, play guitar. He plays a bit better than I do. But you, you play guitar for the enjoyment of the music. You don't think, oh, I'm going to really enjoy this piece when I'm done. Yeah, yeah. So, which is a kind of a weird metaphor, but I like getting up every day and doing this job because I get to do it with my best friend and um both of our wives are in on it and and that's yes. what life is, right? Like you got to you got to enjoy the moment and not this far off kind of destination or goal that's going to make you happy, you know, yeah. in in 10 years or 20 years. Enjoy the moment. Life should be a piece of music, not some sort of marathon with an end goal.
4: Very good. I love it. That's well said. I love it. What's that? What's the best way that people can get in touch with you?
2: Um, I yeah, I, I think through our Instagram page, InvestNorth.ca. We also have a website, investnorth.ca. So the Instagram page and the web page are the same. Sure. Yeah, for sure. And watch a YouTube video, Adventures in Landlording. Go have a laugh. It out. We, we make out. a little bit of fun of our tenants now and then, but we love them. <laughs> Most. <laughs> Most, of Most, of them. them.
4: Most of them. Most of them, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks so much for coming along, guys. I really appreciate all this. It's been fun. A lot of fun. Man. Yeah, thanks for having us,
2: guys. It has been great. And uh, you're, you're. Uh, I've been listening to you guys for two years, and yeah, love the material. Seriously, I, I've learned a ton. I don't even think I'd be here without it's, it's a lot of the guests you've had and the information that you, we uh, get to hear. You guys play while we're renovating. <laughs> yeah, we listen to you guys for while sure. we're slugging it out. <laughs> so, with awesome. that love
4: music, that. you're yeah. talking about.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Uh, Sandy, how can people get in touch with you?
3: uh, Sandy at mckayrealtynetwork.com or 289-389-6846.
4: People can reach me at rob at mrbreakthrough.ca. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time.